right, good evening. Welcome. We, uh, we're going to stall for a little bit of time. So we were going to sing one carol, but I think we're going to sing two because what we do on Sunday night when the children come in from town, we try to give them a little supper. And uh, since it was rainy and everything, they're a little bit late coming in. So uh, we, we want to get their Big Macs out of the way or whatever they're eating downstairs and uh, outside there, whatever they're eating on the bus. Some are still on the bus. And so unless there's somebody here who would like to volunteer to take their part in the thing. Okay. Let's stand for a word of prayer. We welcome you tonight. And uh, It's been a wonderful, wonderful Christmas season already this year as far as I'm concerned. And uh, we just thank the Lord for all of his goodness to us. And it's a privilege to be in his house. And it's just, I just love the Christmas story. And looking forward to what they have to share with us tonight. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for all your blessings. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for grace to our hearts. Thank you so much for the sending of your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for coming. As a babe in a manger, but you didn't stay there. You, you grew up, you ministered, you taught. And then you went to the cross for us. You didn't stay on the cross. You didn't stay in the tomb. You're alive and well today, and we thank you for the fact that you're not only alive, but you live in our hearts. We just pray that you would bless in this time together tonight. Touch the children, each one that has a part. We just ask, Lord, for your will to be done. Encourage our hearts in you. And for all that's done, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right, Brother Adrian's going to come lead us in a couple songs. All right, let's get our Christmas books. Turn to number 20. Turn to number 20. <clears throat> Go tell it on the mountain. <clears throat> Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds wipe their watching, or silent flocks by night.
let's sing one more, number three. Number three. All right. A long time ago, Brother Clark says, okay, ushers, will you come? We're going to come to you for an offering. Everything you give in this offering tonight will go toward our uh, children's ministry, uh, community outreach that we do on Sunday evening. So ushers will come. And Adrian, can you help us on this side, please? Oh, I'm sorry. Here he comes. Here he comes.
Brother John Stolfos, you pray with y'all. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that we can have together. Lord, thank you for the program that the children are in. Pray your blessing them. Bless you, give them giver. God bless you, and we're looking forward to us. Let's give them our undivided attention. Okay. I don't know how you feel, but I'm pretty excited tonight. Can you kids come up here and line up with them? This looks great, doesn't it? We get excited. Those that work downstairs, it's fun to work with them every week. How many of you love to hear a good story? Anybody here? I do. Probably some of my greatest memories have been either listening to an older person tell me a story or my dad telling us true stories that happened to him as a child or even my husband telling stories. I've always enjoyed listening to it. And some time ago... I was driving and I was listening on the radio and they were singing, tell me the stories of Jesus. And that's where this thought all became. I thought this will be neat to tell these kids the stories of Jesus, but not just them. Isn't it exciting to hear the story every year? I even read it different times. It's not just Christmas. So let's pay attention. There have been stories that I've heard or read that are so good that I've read them again. Has that happened? Or maybe I've got a story that was not good and I throw it in the trash or like, but that's not true about this story. Tonight, the story we're going to tell you is the best story. It's a true story, one that never gets old, and one that is so exciting it's something for everyone to get excited about.
Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to see you tonight. Good to have you here. My name is Joseph. And I'm Mary. And tonight, we'd like to share with you our story. You know, uh, the story of, of Mary... Joseph and Jesus, those names are really familiar, and really we've become kind of famous because all that Jesus has done and, and the impact that he's left with us. You know, as being his father or being his earthly father, it was a privilege to raise Jesus, to have his sweet presence around our home. But I'll tell you what, that night when the angel Gabriel appeared to my wife Mary, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. That is so true. I hope you realize there was nothing really special about me. I don't know how I was any different than the other uh, young girls in Nazareth. But I don't know how I stood out. My parents did faithfully take me to synagogue, and I loved hearing the words of the Torah. I always wanted to serve Jehovah. Anyway, one day when I was home alone, an angel appeared to me. I was so surprised I didn't know what to do. He was bright, shining, radiating light. It was both beautiful and terrifying. Anyway, before I had time to react, he said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. A jumble of thoughts went through my mind. I couldn't process it all. Was it really an angel? Why was he there? Was it a good thing or a bad thing? Was he going to take me away? What does he mean, favored one? The angel paused for a moment, and I thought I should say something. But I was too confused and too scared. He spoke again and said, Do not be afraid. He told me I would become pregnant with a boy and that I should call his name Jesus, that he would be the Son of the Most High and the Savior of the world. I was just so amazed. I couldn't think straight. I questioned him how this could happen since I was yet a virgin. But he said it was through the power of the Holy Spirit. This was so amazing. The Lord had chosen me, me to be his mother. I was so amazing. My heart was full of joy. And then my joy turned to worry. You see, Mary and I were betrothed at that point, And Mary had gone to be with her cousin Elizabeth. And she was gone for quite a while. So we didn't get much opportunity to interact. She, she told me this story about the angel appearing to her and saying the things the angel said, but to be honest, I, I, I had a hard time swallowing all of that. I, I didn't know what or, or who to believe. It, it was just all so confusing, and I didn't know what to do. It, it became pretty apparent to everyone that Mary was indeed pregnant, and, and the gossip just spread across the whole town of Nazareth. The women wagged their heads and, and tisked their tongues whenever she would, she would walk by. Me, they thought I, I was viewed with lots of suspicion, but I knew that it wasn't my child. I didn't know what to do. So I finally faced the reality of it and made a decision. You know what? I would break off the engagement quietly. It seemed like the only reasonable choice to do. But before I had a chance to go talk to her parents about it, that angel appeared to me in a dream. It was unbelievable. It's hard to describe to you what it was like. I can only say that I just knew whatever this angel had to say was the truth. 
The angel told me to not be afraid to take Mary as my wife. The angel confirmed everything she said, that, that this child was from the Holy Ghost, and, and that we would call its name Jesus. I tell you what, that, that brought such reassurance to my soul. It, it changed everything. I, it, 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 all the anxiety, all the worry left. But yet in our community, it changed nothing. We were outcasts. We were looked down upon by our whole community, disdained, viewed with suspicion. It was a very hard time. Then came the census. You see, we were under Roman occupation, and the Romans seemed to enjoy making it harder and harder for us to live. This order came that each of us was supposed to go to our hometown. We, we lived in the town of Nazareth, but because I was from the family of David, we had to travel to the town of Bethlehem. And let me tell you, that journey was one of the hardest trips of my life. I was blessed that Joseph was able to secure a donkey for me to ride on. That helped so much. But by this time, I was nine months pregnant, expecting to give birth to a baby any day. I was huge. There were travelers coming and going everywhere. I was bouncing and hurting most of the journey, but we made it. It took over five days, and when we finally reached Bethlehem, my poor husband, he tried so hard to find us a place to stay. We knocked on door after door, and everyone said no room. Finally, we found an innkeeper that was willing to put us up in his stable. It wasn't luxurious at all, but I was so glad that we found some lodging. Not long after we arrived, I went into labor. I was tired, scared, and I really wish my mother could be there. That was a very, very hard night. I felt guilty for not being able to find a better place for Mary to stay, and I even questioned God. The angel said that this was to be the Son of God. How, that made absolutely no sense. How was the Son of God supposed to be born in a place like this? Why would God allow us to be away from home with no family when this would happen? Why would God let that happen to Mary? I'm a simple man. I'm a carpenter. Give me, give me hammer. Give me some nails. I can make things happen. But understanding the will of God, it just didn't make any sense to me. After all the angel promised and this, it made absolutely no sense. While we were there sitting in the hay surrounded by smelly animals, I too struggled with the idea of why. Yet when I held that baby in my arms, nothing else mattered. I was holding the Son of God. I was amazed that the God of heaven would leave heaven and come down to us because he loved us. My questions disappeared. Jesus was so precious, and knowing he was the Son of God, knowing he could save people from their sins, that he could heal the brokenhearted, the gossip about me, the long journey, the lonely labor, even the smelly animals, none of it mattered anymore. I was holding the Son of God, and I was privileged to be his mother. For me, all those questions of why would come back once in a while, but I found peace in the presence of Jesus. I was honored to be uh, his earthly father and to raise him. And, and whenever those questions would come around, when, when Jesus would come around, all of those questions would leave because I knew that God had a purpose and God had a plan. 
So there's just a glimpse of our story. I'm not sure all the little nativity scenes really capture all that happened that night. But through it all, we learned that we can trust Jesus. Sometimes God works in unusual ways, but he always has a beautiful plan. Mary and I have talked about it many times. And you know, if we could just say one thing, encourage you all to do one thing, it would simply be this. Get to know Jesus. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Well, that was quite the announcement. We were just all settling down for the night and resting. That announcement has changed the night, that's for sure. You can say that again. Here we are, just ordinary sheep doing our ordinary routine. No one thinks much of their sheep or their shepherds. And to think, the announcement came to us, all of us. Then came, it was such a beautiful night. The stars were shining brightly, and our place for us that night was so peaceful. Then came that angel in the bright light. Sure got everyone's attention. It kind of reminds me of when those humans go searching for animals at night. They shine those bright lights in our eyes and don't even think of how it feels to have a light shone right in their eyes. That, oh my, that night was lit up like a Christmas tree in the middle of July. 
of a sudden our shepherds got their second wind. We weren't used to that at all for that time of night. Usually they were sawing logs. Yeah, they were all excited. Never thought of any of us, but took off for Bethlehem. I hadn't seen any of them that excited in a long time. I didn't know those old codgers could move that quickly. You know, us sheep aren't in the habit of taking life too fast. The shepherds left their flocks quickly to hurry to Bethlehem to see what was being told to them. They were so excited, they totally forgot about staying with their sheep. I know that sounds unusual, but it happened that night. And sure enough, they went right to the stable and found Mary and Joseph and the sweetest little baby lying in a manger. There he lay, all wrapped in swaddling clothes, just like the angel had said. Not one of us slept while they were gone. Just imagine if you had to be left in the sheepfold all alone. Normally we would have been terribly nervous, but it was funny. We couldn't wait for the shepherds to get back. At least we were hoping they would. We didn't even argue while they were gone. Believe me, we didn't even have to guess when they were on their way back. They came back very loudly. Try to put yourself in our place. On a normal night, our shepherds would come and take us from the sheepfold and count us to make sure we were all accounted for and then shut the door securely. And then we would doze off from our long day in the fields. And, and then the night was pretty much quiet, other than snoring. Our shepherds would watch over us for the night and keep us from danger. But that night, they must have forgot what time it was. They were kicking their heels, laughing and talking all at once. They were acting like kids. They couldn't say enough about that wonderful baby in a manger. He sure must have been special because all these nights we lay in the sheepfold and they never get excited about any of us. But you know what? We got to hear the story over and over again. Just as ordinary sheep doing our ordinary thing. We got to hear the story of Jesus, the savior of the world. All shepherds saw him with their very own eyes and they loved to tell us about him. You know, it's kind of funny. Their stories never got an old. As they talked about him, love and kindness just oozed from them. We are so glad we are sheep.
Well, I've just got to share this with someone. This is so exciting. I can't, I just have to tell everybody about this. So I just want you to hear what happened. My, my friends and I, about 2,000 years ago, we were called magi or wise men because, well, we studied the stars and the heavens. And would you believe one night we saw a new star in the heavens? Well, we didn't know what to think. What could that mean? It, it was very bright, and it, and it seemed almost to be moving. Well, you know, what could we do? We researched and tried to find out what actually was happening. And as we looked into the Jewish religion, we found out that they predicted that there would be a son of God born. Well, we were kind of surprised at that because would God send his only son to be born at a little country of Israel? Well, the Jewish scriptures predicted it and the star proved it. So what more could we say? And God revealed to us in the Jewish scriptures, Isaiah said, behold, a, a child is born, a son is given, and his name shall be named Emmanuel. Now Emmanuel means God with us. So this truly was a son of God. And again he said, that he would come and the government would be upon his shoulders and his name would be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Wow, this was more than we could imagine. Can you imagine? Well, we followed that star. Can you imagine going to see the Son of God? That's quite a trip. For anybody, well, we were really excited. And when we went on this trip, it was many miles that that star directed us over mountains and over the desert, through dangerous territories with the robbers and thieves. And we had some wealthy gifts with us that were worth a lot of money. But God protected us from many thieves and from many wild beasts as well. We didn't like wild beasts. Well, we knew that when we got into Judea, naturally we go to Jerusalem because that's where Herod was, the king. And certainly he would know about a newborn king. Well, can you believe it? When we got there, Herod didn't know anything about it, nor did anyone else. As a matter of fact, they thought this group of men were kind of crazy all those many miles following a star? Hmm. I don't know about that. And then claiming it was the son of God? Well, but Herod, he was very upset. He was very concerned because he was afraid anybody would try to take over the rulership from him. So, you can imagine, he said, where was this child to be born? He called in his wise men, his uh, priests, all the people that would know, 
And they said, well, Micah said that he would be born in Bethlehem. Well, Herod said secretly, he said, come, take me to, uh, you go to worship this child, and when you find him, come back, tell me where he's at, so that I can go worship him too. Well, we didn't know it then, but Herod was a wicked ruler. He had not only murdered his wife and three children, and his mother-in-law and brother-in-law, but he was just very wicked. So we left Jerusalem, headed towards Bethlehem, and our hearts were just beating because there, there was that star just led us directly to the home of the child and his parents. Oh, you can't imagine how our hearts beat within us when we saw that child. It was like more than we could imagine. We were awestruck. Our hearts just melted within us because we just felt like we were in the presence of God himself. And, well, we knelt down and worshiped and just gave our gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we just worshiped the child, and our hearts burned within us. Well, when it was finally time we had to go, each of us had this strange dream that we should not go back to Herod because he wanted to kill the child. And the dream was so strong that we all decided we're going to go back a different way, which we did. Well, the story doesn't end there. Jesus lived on this earth for 33 years, and he lived a perfect life. But he made many enemies. People were angry with him because he revealed the wickedness of their hearts. And, well, they lied about him and were so angry, they put him on a cross, and he died and he put him three days in the grave. But because he was a son of God, he rose again. And he was seen by many, many people for 40 days after, his, uh, after he rose from the dead. And on that last day, as they, were, as they were around Jesus, suddenly he rose up into the air and disappeared into heaven into the clouds. Well, but wait, the best is yet to come. Jesus is coming back again. While he was there, and they were looking up, trying to see where Jesus went, two angels stood there, and they said, ye men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus that went up into heaven is going to come back again in the same way that he went up. Well, and Jesus himself said, while he was on earth to his disciples, he said, if I go away, I will come again and prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be also. Wow, what a promise. And, but, he said, no one knows the day or the hour 
not even the angels in heaven. So we must all watch, be ready, and wait for his return. Because just as wise men sought him then, wise men still seek Jesus today.
Fishers of men, fishers of men. Oh, I wonder, mister, you got a comb I could borrow? I need a comb. No? Okay. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. Got a pretty good whistle to it. Hi, boys and girls. Boy, I'm old. Wish I was long, young like you, but I'm old. Actually, I'm about 2,000 years old or so. I was listening to this story from the back, and uh, I knew him. I knew, I knew Jesus. Yeah, I knew him. Mm -hmm. When one day, when my buddy Andy and I were out fishing by the by the shore, we were fishing, you know, not that way. We had nets. We had nets. We were fishing out there, um, and uh, a man came walking on the seashore, walking down through there, and he said. Look. Excuse me. I think I got your mother's teeth. Well, in him. He said, you come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. That's what he said. You come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And so I said to my buddy Andrew, I said, come on, Andy. Let's go follow him. And so we did. We followed him, and he made us fishers of men. And we've been trying to, well, we've been trying to catch men ever since, catch people for him. I mean, I remember hearing the story when he was born in, a, in that little humble place. But, you know, I didn't know that I would actually get to meet him in person, real life. But I did. <laughs> I met him that day. He said, come follow me. So we started following him. And he did, well, I'll tell you what, he did a lot of neat stuff. This friend of mine, Jesus, wow. I mean, sometimes it'd make your head spin, make your head wobble, you know. But one time, he was, uh, he was out with us, and we had a big group of people, huge group. All over the hillsides they were over here and here and yonder, and they were listening to my friend Jesus teach. About lost him again. But they said, uh, we're getting kind of hungry. I know you kids aren't hungry because I saw what you ate tonight, but we was getting kind of hungry, and the folks were getting hungry, and there were 5,000 of them. 5,000. And we thought, what are we going to do? we got to feed all these people. And there ain't no McDonald's close. Not where we were. And so we said, Jesus, we got to send them home. we got to send them home because they got to have something to eat. And he said, don't send them home. Just have, have them sit down right here. And he said, has anybody got any food with them? 
and one little boy had five loaves of bread and two fish, little fish. And he said, okay, disciples, come here. He called me and my, my friends, John, Andrew, got us all together, and he had to start passing out bread. And we gave a little piece here, <laughs> gave a little piece, gave a little piece here, a little piece, a little piece, not two, just, just one, just one. And we gave it out, you know, pass out our, and then we pass out all the fish. And all them people ate and ate and ate and ate. It was like a big, gigantic fish fry. And it was really neat. And when they all got done eating, he said, take up all the fragments, all the leftovers. And we had more leftovers than what we started. We had 12 baskets of bread and fish. I mean, he multiplied it. My friend, Jesus, I know, because I was there. Boy, those fish were good. I still do like fish. And then he told us, he said, now, I want you to go over on the other side of the lake and get some rest. And so we said, okay. You know, you, you ever try to feed 5,000 people? You're tired when you're done. And so I said, okay. He said, get in the boat, go to the other side. So we get in the boat, row, row, row your boat all the way across, almost to the other side. And when we got out there, I'll tell you what happened was it started getting real, real windy. The wind was blowing, the boat was rocking, and it kind of made us nervous because we didn't quite get to the other side yet, but it was really difficult out there because it was the waves were high there on the Sea of Galilee. And all of a sudden, boys and girls, I know, I know this sounds like a stretch, but I tell you, I was there and I saw this. I was there. I looked out and I said, guys, you see what I see? Look over there. And we looked over there. And they're right out on top of the water. Was a man walking. Was a man walking out there on the water. And as he's walking on the water, I said, whoa. It might be a spirit. And then all of a sudden, whoever it was talked. He said, hey, boys, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's, it's me. And when I heard his voice, <laughs> I was grinning from ear to ear. I knew who it was. It was my friend Jesus walking on the water. I mean, he wasn't swimming. He was walking. I said, Jesus, if that's really you, and you're doing what I think you're doing, could I get out on the water too? He said, come on. <laughs> oh, boy. I'll tell you, I was in the side of the boat. I said, guys, help me over. Help me over. I didn't have my cane then. I didn't need it then. I was a young man. I stepped in the water. Hey, <laughs> hey guy. Look. <laughs> Look at this. 
I'm walking on the water. And I begin to walk on the water, right on top of the water. I didn't have flippers on or nothing. I just walking. And all of a sudden, a big old wave come up and hit me, about knocked me under. And I started getting a little nervous because it was still pretty windy. And I started, I started sinking. Little old me, I started sinking. And I started going down. My ankles went under the water. And my knees went under the water. And down to my waist, I mean up to my waist. And the next thing I know, the water was like right here. And I could look out there and I said, help. And boys and girls, just like that, I'm telling you, just like that, I'm telling you, Jesus, he reached down his hand, and he, he did, he reached down his hand, and I took it like that, and he just, he just pulled me right up, and he said, oh, oh, you of such little faith, but I was there with him, oh, boy, and then, well, can I tell you just one more? Because I was there, this is 2,000 years ago, but I've got a good memory. Let me tell you. The last thing that I'd like to tell you today is one time there was a man who was sitting there and he was blind. He had been blind for a long time. And he was blind. You know what it's like to be blind? You know, you can't see nothing. I don't know what it's like, but he was blind. And Jesus came by. And Jesus began to talk with him, and we was watching to see what was going on. And Jesus kind of stooped down a little bit and spit on the ground in the dirt and kind of made a little pasty stuff, you know, out of his spittle. He made some mud. And he rubbed it on his eyes, that blind man's eyes. He, he, could, what would you do if somebody rubbed mud in your eyes? Would you call him a mud dauber? Well, I tell you, he rubbed that mud in his eyes, and he said, now go wash it off. And I didn't see all this, but he went and washed it off, and when he came back, he could see. He could see. He was laughing and hooting and hollering and carrying on. He could see. Well, I could stand here and tell you stories all night long, but I know, I know the bus has to leave at 7 o'clock and we got two minutes. So I suppose I better draw this thing to a close, like the preacher used to say, in closing. <laughs> Thank you for listening, boys and girls. Oh, boy, I feel rough. I feel rough.
down from his glory ever living story my God and Savior came and Jesus was his name born in a Oh
As you see, that is the greatest, greatest story, isn't it? Ever told. And I thought of that song that the young people sang, oh, how I love him. You know, as I actually sat in my seat, I thought, you know, we can't take an hour and tell everything that Jesus means, can we? All of us could take hours and hours telling what Jesus means to us personally. But I want to be like that wise man because in the Bible it says those that look for him, he's going to come again. And I want to be watching for him and looking for him. And I do love him tonight. I'm glad for Jesus. To close, I want you to all get your chorus books, our Christmas books, and turn to page five. Anybody that knows me knows this is one of my favorite songs. So let's stand up and sing. Let's just sing the first verse and the last verse. Okay, here we go. such an amazing thing by sending your son to earth that was not anything glorious for you at all but you came so you could die for us and we want to thank you this Christmas I pray that you'd help each one dear Lord that is here tonight Lord if they don't know you would you help them at this Christmas to learn Jesus to be their personal savior in their heart I thank you, dear Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And I pray that you'd help us now as we go our ways. Keep us safe. Help these precious children. Help everyone that's here to have a very Merry Christmas. We thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if everybody would just stay right where you are, I'm going to let row one, two, and three go out just for a month so they can get to the bus. <laughs>